February 27th. And now as we turn our attention to the reading of the New Testament, our narrative today will be from the book of Mark, chapter 9, verses 1 through 29. Consider some paradoxes of the Christian life. Here in Mark, chapter 9, we'll read about glory coming out of suffering. What happened on the Mount of Transfiguration was a confirmation of the testimony Peter gave, but it was also a revelation of the glory of the cross. First the suffering, then the glory. That's the order. When you read First Peter, you discover that Peter learned his lesson well. You see, Satan offers you glory without suffering, but it ends up suffering without glory. We'll read about victory coming out of defeat here in Mark chapter 9. Their failure to deliver the boy grieved the Lord, as we shall see, gave support to the enemy, and robbed God of glory. The nine disciples who were left behind had neglected their spiritual disciplines and lost their power. When you find yourself defeated, turn to Him for victory and discover where you went wrong. And now, let's read today, here in the New Testament. February 27th, Mark chapter 9, verses 1 through 29. Jesus went on to say, I assure you that some of you standing here right now will not die before you see the kingdom of God arrive in great power. Six days later, Jesus took Peter, James, and John to the top of a mountain. No one else was there. As the men watched, Jesus' appearance changed, and his clothing became dazzling white, far whiter than any earthly process could ever make it. Then Elijah and Moses appeared and began talking with Jesus. "'Teacher, this is wonderful!' Peter exclaimed. We will make three shrines, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He didn't really know what to say, for they were all terribly afraid. Then a cloud came over them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my beloved son. Listen to him. Suddenly they looked around, and Moses and Elijah were gone, and only Jesus was with them. As they descended the mountainside, he told them not to tell anyone what they had seen until he, the Son of Man, had risen from the dead. So they kept it to themselves, but they often asked each other what he meant by rising from the dead. Now they began asking him, Why do teachers of religious law insist that Elijah must return before the Messiah comes? Jesus responded, Elijah is indeed coming first, to set everything in order. Why then is it written in the Scriptures that the Son of Man must suffer and be treated with utter contempt? But I tell you, Elijah has already come, and he was badly mistreated, just as the Scriptures predicted. At the foot of the mountain they found a great crowd surrounding the other disciples. As some teachers of religious law were arguing with them, the crowd watched Jesus in awe as he came toward them, and then they ran to greet him. What is all this arguing about? he asked. One of the men in the crowd spoke up and said, Teacher, I brought my son for you to heal him. He can't speak, 
because he is possessed by an evil spirit that won't let him talk. And whenever this evil spirit seizes him, it throws him violently to the ground and makes him foam at the mouth and grind his teeth and become rigid. So I ask your disciples to cast out the evil spirit, but they couldn't do it. Jesus said to them, You faithless people, how long must I be with you until you believe? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought the boy. But when the evil spirit saw Jesus, it threw the child into a violent convulsion, and he fell to the ground, writhing and foaming at the mouth. How long has this been happening? Jesus asked the boy's father. He replied, Since he was very small, the evil spirit often makes him fall into the fire or into water, trying to kill him. Have mercy on us and help us. Do something if you can. What do you mean, if I can? Jesus asked. Anything is possible if a person believes. The father instantly replied, I do believe, but help me not to doubt. When Jesus saw that the crowd of onlookers was growing, he rebuked the evil spirit. Spirit of deafness and muteness, he said, I command you to come out of this child and never enter him again. Then the spirit screamed and threw the boy into another violent convulsion and left him. The boy lay there motionless, and he appeared to be dead. A murmur ran through the crowd. He's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and helped him to his feet, and he stood up. Afterward, when Jesus was alone in the house with his disciples, they asked him, Why couldn't we cast out that evil spirit? Jesus replied, This kind can be cast out only by prayer. Psalm 43, verses 1 through 5. You know, the discouraging talk of others was a contributing factor uh, here in this psalm and the writer of the psalm. Has God forgotten you? Where is your God? Well, the answer is in Psalm 115. Listen to God and not the foolish talk of men. What should you do when depression starts to control you? Hope in God. That's what you're to do. Look at the future and not at the past. If you feel drowned by circumstances, well, keep in mind that they are His waves and billows and He knows what is best for you. So stop feeding on your feelings and start feeding on His Word because God will guard you and guide you no matter how miserable you may feel. God is greater than your feelings. So walk by faith and He will see you through. Man, if you've come into this place and you really do have a bit of a duplicitous life. You've walked into this place, and, and if you're really honest, man, you man, you know how to use the right words. You, you know when to raise your hands. Golly, you got a notebook that would rival the notes I brought up on stage. And yet, if you were really honest, your life is plagued with doubts. You're playing a part. Secret addictions dominating your world. You feel... Um, far from the Lord like what I'm saying to you sounds so foreign and so unbelievable that the Lord would love you now would like you now 
is rejoicing in your bloodied knee, bruised forehead self now, if that's you and you're just like, I am exhausted, and if this is true, man, I, I want that brokenness that God gave you, man. I want God to do that in my heart. If that's you, ask the Holy Spirit to help you believe tonight to get your eyes off of you and to gaze upon him. This was the prayer of David in Psalm 27. The king of Israel said, one thing I ask and all that I seek, the only thing I want is to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord. Why? Because gazing upon the beauty of the Lord overcame and covered up David's sin, his brokenness, his idolatry, his adultery, his murder. If David can be called by the grace of God, a man after God's own heart, brother, sister, you have not out the grace of God. I don't care how dark what you're walking in is. I don't need to know your story. I know the grace of God. You gotta get over you. The great thing about the ears of God is he doesn't get confused. He can hear all of us at once. Let's pray for freedom. Let's pray that eyes would see the gift of illumination that the Holy Spirit brings. Let's pray for freedom from bondage. Please, get over you. God hadn't pushed all his chips in on you. He pushed all his chips in on Christ. Then he paid the bill in full. You don't owe anything. A picture of God's love and delight in Christ. Here's the truth. We don't need motivation tonight. We need transformation. Good preachers can motivate. Only the Holy Ghost can transform. And so let's ask the Holy Spirit to, I don't know about you, man, I was tired in my sins. I, I hope you're tired enough in your sins, but I want you to believe tonight for a little God to be knocked off a little throne and the sovereign King of glory to invade that space a gentle type of violence that drives out darkness and replaces it with joy. Even as you stand there, brother or sister, the the fight isn't over. But to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord, to know that that is the fight to fill our lives with what stirs our affections for Jesus get our eyes up to gaze upon his beauty, quit wallering in self-pity, to get up, to keep chasing is what David meant when he said, lift up your eyes. Get your eyes up. This is what is happening in Colossians when he says, set your eyes on things that are above where Christ is seated. Look up. He's not too weak to cover your sins. He's not too powerless to give you victory. Father, for my brothers and sisters, thank you. I do pray tonight, Holy Spirit, that where we have walked in bloodied, where we have walked in exhausted, where we've walked in wrestling without, confused because of some of the inclinations of our hearts, I pray, Father, that you would incline our hearts to gaze upon you. I pray like a deer pants for living water that our soul would pant for you, long for you, hunger for you. Help us get more thirsty than we are for water that truly satisfies. Thank you that there's no sin with more power than your cross. Help us 
rest in that tonight, Jesus. We love you. We want to love you more. Help us. It's for your beautiful name. Amen. Let's worship the Lord in gladness. Psalm 43, verses 1 through 5. O God, take up my cause. Defend me against these ungodly people. Rescue me from these unjust liars. For you are God, my only safe haven. Why have you tossed me aside? Why must I wander around in darkness, oppressed by my enemies? Send out your light and your truth. Let them guide me. Let them lead me to your holy mountain, to the place where you live. There I will go to the altar of God, to God, the source of all my joy. I will praise you with my harp, O God, my God. Why am I discouraged? Why so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise Him again, my Savior and my God. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 18. To hide hatred is to be a liar. To slander is to be a fool.